Welcome back to the Wolf of Queen Street podcast series. Welcome back to the audio podcast or the video series. But before we get started today, I just want to do a shout out to my sponsors, Job Search Queensland. If you're struggling to find the ideal job, struggling to understand how to put the right CV together, or what you need to do to find the next step in your career ladder, Job Search Queensland is the company that will help you free of charge to have a look and see how they can put you in the right place where you need to be. And you can find them at jobsearchqld.com. And I think at the moment where we are in society, these guys and girls are the best place to go to help you in Australia, New Zealand, no matter where you are, but finding your ideal next job. But today I'm pretty excited, as I always am, to have another person on the show about something I really love myself personally. So Tom Fay, I met him, I think it was a couple of years ago. We had met a little bit on social media and then we ran into each other. I can't remember if it was Gary Vee or Robert Kiyosaki uh, event that we finally said, hey, you that guy I know on Instagram. And he's like, yeah, you that other guy I know that's on Instagram. And what over the last sort of 12, 18 months has really resonated with myself and what Tom, um, Tom is, he's the founder of the, the 90 Day House Flipping. Is as well as the, the Life Bricks development, um, a brand and a business that he's starting up. But what he does, and I love and I've done this myself, is he flips houses. And he doesn't just, you know, do it simply basic. He does a great job of it and he goes in all out about it. And I would love to talk to Tom today about it, about flipping properties, what it is and what's it, what's it about. So, Tom, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Lawrence. I appreciate it, man. Great. So just Tom, quickly, a very simple question to anyone that's jumping on in the moment going, Lawrence, what is flipping? Are we flipping the bird? Are we flipping someone off? What are, what are we talking about here? What is flipping a property? Essentially, it's the process of buying a property and then tidying it up or adding value or not even at all and getting it resold within six months. That's the actual definition. And it's the time frame that's important. It's that six month period. So if you go beyond six months, then what happens there is you're really looking at a hold. Um, anything shorter than six months, that's when you're really now starting to generate, you know, you're, you're becoming a house flipper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Um, I mean, anyone that's watched uh, in, in New Zealand specifically, it might be across Australia, it might have the same channel. There's H. HGTV, you have all the flipping programs um, um, out there that flip, flip Texas and, you know, uh, flip this state and flip that state. And it always seems really aggressive and it seems really like, hey, what's going on? Yeah, but it's all the shows showing people that's going around and, and doing the same thing, flipping properties, buying them, either renovating them or buying them because they know about something. And then, they, you know, they put that together. And six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks later, they go and like, like to sell the property for, um, for profit. That's pretty much the goal. But uh, Tom, a question I want to ask you at the moment to people in New Zealand that's listening. Obviously, the New Zealand property market is exceptionally chaotic. Exceptionally, I think Auckland, last week Auckland was um, highlighted as the fourth overpriced city um, in the world currently. Um, and things are just crazy. So a question would be, is flipping a property still possible in the New Zealand market? Oh, for sure. Um, I just settled on, on a deal um, that I, I got on a contract probably just during COVID mm-hmm. and that settled, this, the transaction settled last week. So just this, literally this, this Thursday, mm-hmm. just gone. Um, and on, on next week, well, we're in lockdown again, but... <laughs> After the lockdown, I'm off to Taranaki 
Um, and I'm going to be starting a two site sort of, what's well, a one site, two houses on one site, mm-hmm. renovation, subdivide and sell. While at the same time, I've also got an Auckland, you know, it's a probably about a half site, um, three bed, two bath, cross lease property. Um, and I'm in negotiations right now. That's in Auckland, West Auckland. Yep. Um, that's an off-market property that I'll be, you know, I'm negotiating with them. We're on the right price. It's just the terms. Yeah. We've got to go now. And um, I've, I've, they've counted off. I've counted back, you know, and we're doing the negotiations. So to answer your question, yes, it's still possible. And there's a lot of people constantly doing it. That's great. Now, you know, so... People are thinking about it in the flip, like, you know, a few years ago, it, you know, with flips, they would go, oh man, guys are flipping houses and they're making like a hundred grand or 150 grand or they're making massive money. But it's not always about that, is it? You know, experience like I flipped properties for three or four years and it was never about, you know, making six figures on a flip. Look at, don't get me wrong. It can happen. But sometimes it's buying a deal that could make you a small piece of money for at that moment. It could be five grand's profit, 10 grand's profit. Sure. And then there's the occasion that unfortunately you don't make a profit or you actually lose money. Um, I've done both of those. I went and bought a couple of deals, thought they'll be a great thing, renovated, went to sell. And by the time I sold them, my holding costs, or to anyone listening, the holding costs is your mortgages, your insurance, the stuff that costs you money while you have the property. And by the time I sold, I think I was about fifteen or twenty thousand dollars actually in the red, and I just had to go. Well, part of my learnings. Yeah. So, how's your experience been around that as well, Tom? With regards to the making money or the losing yeah, just money? the overall. <laughs> no, so just over the, the experience, like you know, people think it's always going good. People yeah. always think that when you flip properties, it's you're always making money, and it's oh yeah, easy. You know, just on. I would like to know your side of it, unless you, unless you, the savant that look at has never had a bad one, but I think most of us had yeah, a. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that that's that's realistic. Yeah. I, I personally believe that anybody who tells you that they never lost money in, in property, mm-hmm. even once, even a little bit, like you said, twenty or fifteen. Yeah. Um. You know, you need to look deeper into what they're trying to tell you because mm-hmm. somebody's lost money somewhere. Yeah. Um. And and I think, from my understanding, that the one time that it happened to me. Um, I went and did a lot of, you know, I was, I was pretty guarded. What happened is I realized that the reason I lost the money was because knowledge times action mm-hmm. equals results yep. or equals success. So I put in heaps of action. I was mm-hmm. there till 12 o'clock at night. It was midwinter. I was freezing and I was there at 7 a.m. So the yep. action piece was right, but there was something that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And even up till just this year, probably end of last year, this, this when, I, when I lost 20 grand or so, that was about a couple of years back. Mm-hmm. But just this last year is when I realized, holy smoke, the one thing on top of the other thing that I could have done to prevent that. So initially when you start off, um, it's going to be really hard. Yep. Um, the, probably the hardest thing is probably finding a deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I actually just realized, you know, the whole 90 day house flipping piece is literally about finding a deal. Like yep. the rest of it, you know, anybody can call a painter and a plaster and a plumber, mm-hmm. right? You know, any, Anybody can get those guys together, but the hard part is finding the deal Um, and linking to your previous question. um, Is it still viable if Auckland is the fourth most expensive city in in the world? Um, It is, but you've got to be able to find that deal. And I'm guessing a big thing is about, it's not just finding the deal, it's understanding what the deal entails. 
Um, you know, it's understanding about the deal, about what, what it all looks like. It's not just, hey, this, this guy's asking a million dollars or 500,000 and I got it for 10 grand cheaper. It's known as well as, well, if I get it at that price, what am I likely going to run the cost of to renovate? Yeah. Uh, and then it's also understanding, well, if I've spent that money, will I get that money or more back in the current market as well, right? And that's the sort of education that you've got to learn either through yourself or asking other people that have that knowledge. Yeah, it's really hard. You know, when I first started finding people that had done it mm -hmm. and knew what they were doing and would actually speak to me about what they'd done, that was almost impossible. And, uh, you know, you're smiling. That means you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's one guy, there's one guy, and he'd, he'd give me like two-word answers, yep. you know, because at the end of the day, it is, it is a small industry. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, and, and Auckland's not a, it's a big city, but it's yep. not like, you know, Los Angeles, you know, or Buenos Aires, which has got 20 million people. Yep. Um, we don't even have 20 people on the two islands. 20 million people. So, so, you know, it was really hard to, to find that information, but yes, it's about learning, you know, I've, I figured out there's eight steps to it, you know, and, and those eight steps essentially come down to what you're talking about, which is <clears throat> learning the marketplace, um, learning exactly, you know, what are you doing during your due diligence? Like yep. how important it is to do literally everything during that due diligence mm. piece not, oh, I bought it. Okay, now I've got to figure out, you know, what I'm going to do with it. Like, yep. you've got to have that plan, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So totally. So what Tom was talking about uh, using, saying due diligence as well is when you buy or looking to buy a house and you get it under contract, so uh, the buyer ex accepts your contract, you've got a period of time when you're looking to do your building inspections and getting your finance and everything else. That's naturally called, and within that period, you have your due diligence to check on everything. And what he's talking about is theirs as well as during that period, know exactly what your plans are. So once you own the property, you know exactly at that moment that, hey, I'm going to look to take the property and I'm going to paint it. I'm going to put a new kitchen in. Um, I'm going to do new carpets and that's all I'm going to do. I'm going to walk away. Because one thing I can tell you uh, from flipping a property outside of finding a deal, which is really hard, is not over getting personalized with a property. Yeah. So you can't, I've made this mistake. You go, you look at a house and go, oh my goodness, this kitchen would look great with this countertop and this splashback and a bit more funky here. And we're doing this sort of carpet and you get really personal going, because you think in your personal taste is what everyone else wants to buy. Yeah. And you learn really quickly that no one else gives you shit. So no. you can put the coolest splashback in that and it doesn't make a difference. And it's that sort of understanding of going, this is the next level that you need to do irrespective of what the property is. And to anyone that's going, but how do I find out? That's knowledge. That's no known your areas as um, Tom was talking about as well. And it's also speaking to your real estate agents. It's also speaking to people in the market are selling the houses in that area because they might say, hey, uh, Lawrence, you don't need to do that. Make sure you touch this. Make sure you paint that. Make sure you fix that. And that's the best thing that you need to do in that area as well. Big time. I, I agree with that. Um, when you're looking at the, the real estate agent thing that you just said there, mm -hmm. I started off as a real estate agent. Yep. Um, and, and that probably dealing with a lot of buyers, mm -hmm. constantly dealing with buyers and listening to what buyers want and listening to buyer objections. Um, if you're not a real estate agent, you know, when I, I'd spent a lot of time when I didn't have a listing, just mm -hmm. going to open homes and listening to what everybody was saying. Yep. 
you know, that, that's, so people are wondering, you know, I just knowledge and learn. Well, that's how you, you can learn for free mm-hmm. by going to every single open home in your area and, and just listening to, you know, go there at the start and stay right through and listen to what people are asking and um, what the feedback is when the agent does their callbacks on Monday or Tuesday, ask them, what, what are people saying? What's mm-hmm. the feedback? What's the price feedback? What's the condition feedback? You know, um, and then take notes. Don't just listen to it. Um, you know, it's how you start to build that knowledge base. You know, the number of auctions that I've been to when I couldn't afford anything in the auction house, but I was just turning up, yep. you know. Um, I love the, the Thursday auctions here in Takapuna. I love going to those. I haven't been for probably the last six months. I've been too busy, which is mm-hmm. great. But, um, you know, just turn up. Yep. Turn up and you'll learn something. Uh, totally good. I love that. How, you know, paying attention to what other people are seeing at the house. That's, a, you know, that's a really great insight into that. Um, and before we get a bit more into sort of some tips and tricks and everything from yourself, Tom, I can feel people going, but hold on, you know, what about the bright line test? What about the rule that's been brought in a handful of years ago to prevent speculators flipping and all this stuff getting away from the tax rule? How do you bring that into your business model of when you're flipping a property, knowing that it's 28 cents or 30 cents and every dollar is going to the government? You know, what's, what's your thoughts on that, Tom? Well, uh, you know how you said, how do you bring that into your flipping business? Well, let's just say that it's a business, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not, it's not a pastime where I'm trying to make, uh, I don't know, a hundred bucks trying to sell something on trade me. This is actually a business. Yep. So I think, you know, maybe that's when a few people sort of fall over is not realizing, Hey, it's a business. Um, and, and look at it this way. If you buy something for 700,000 and you sell it for a hundred thousand, um, 50% of that's going to go to the government. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's just, that's my, that's my hard and fast rule. Yeah. I'm ready to give, um, the powers that be 50% of, of my earnings, mm-hmm. you know? Um, now if I've spent a lot and I've used an agent, the good news is, is I'll be able to claw a lot of that back down the line, yep. but I'm, I'm ready, you know, I'm ready to give them. And that's including if you're GST registered or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, um, that's everything 50% yep. off it goes, you know? So it's just that going into with that mindset. And, and, and I know I've spoken to people who are like, oh, but is that worth it? Well, how long would it take you to, to make 50 grand? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. right? how long it take? You can do it in 90 days. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's worth it to me. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, I totally agree. And, and that's a big thing where, you know, people are like, but what about the, you know, like you said, I said about the, the tax, you just add it into your calculations. So remember we spoke about the deal, you know, a, a couple of minutes ago. This is part of understanding that deal. This is yeah. part of putting that tax in there and going, if I buy it A and I spend B and I sell it C, I've got to remember that C is not, not all of C is mine. It's C minus 50% or C minus 40% or whatever your specific um, number is that you're doing in your scenario, you understand that. And you've got to look at it and go, is that a good option or not? Because once you have the experience in flipping properties, um, like Tom had, like I used to have, I'm a bit, I've been out of the game from flipping for about three or four years. So I'm a little bit out of touch. But when I was in the game, you knew that straight away. So you could look at a deal and go, yes, that's great. I want to take that. Or look at that one and go, well, I'm, you think it would be good, but no, it's not, it's, it's not worth it. It's not worth the risk of taking it. Yeah. Um, and, and this is just the stuff that goes in. And, for, and from yourself, Tom, I just want to find out, can you, you know, give me some cool, funky things that people are listening to now going, okay, great. 
interested in flipping, there's potential to make some good money. I understand I've got my education, but what are the sort of nuts and bolts things I should pay attention if I'm getting into my first flip? We are sort of the, the, the secrets. I want you to give me more than the two word answers that you got from everyone else. Cause I want my audience to get more than two words out of what are sort of the tips and tricks for <laughs> flipping a house? <laughs> well, um, I guess, look, you, it's hundred percent. Anybody who loses money, it's cause they paid too much. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like, you know, and, 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 and like, if you could buy a house in, I don't know, the Eastern suburbs of Sydney for a dollar, you're probably going to make $2 million. Mm-hmm. So focus on, on, on how well you're buying, but yet again, at the same time, um, I've seen people miss out on deals and miss out on money because they were too focused on, okay, cool, my buy price. So there's a link between my buy price, my ad value, and um, what, what price do I reckon I can get for it at the end, right? Yep. That's probably the simplest way to look at things um, and, and to know how much you should be paying. Um, there's free websites that you can go to, New Zealand, homes.co.nz, mm-hmm. and you can go there and look at what's sold around that property. 620 600 620 and they're asking 700 then you know that you're in for a problem yep. you know um but if you if they're asking 600 620 600 620 and you're only in it to make maybe 20 or 30 grand and you can negotiate to 590 or 600 mm-hmm. um then that's you know that's probably the the why i focus on off-market deals and um, and that's probably the biggest thing here is i realized in our city in auckland in a big city that commission chunk from a real estate agent is gigantic. It's huge. Now, then I realized, well, what if I could give that to myself, Mm -hmm. okay, add some value and bump maybe 30 grand on the other end. So now I'm looking at possibly a 60K, 50K spread. Mm -hmm. And that's all I did. I started off with a 50K spread. So probably the most, two most important things would be look at what you're buying and how you're buying it. And just work on a 50K spread. Yep. A 50K spread is a max 20K reno, 10K reno. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you said something earlier, which was really good about um, spending way too much money on a kitchen, putting in your yeah. personal touch. You know, that's personalization. That is not a business, yeah. <laughs> right? I'm, uh, I'm a business. Yeah, uh, totally. But I mean, that's part of the learning, of course. You know, I just, I just quite, it's quite interesting in my experience in property and stuff. You got to do those learnings. Unfortunately, you got to yeah. go through those steps to figure out what's the right way. And I, I love how you talk about off-market deals. So it's deals, people that's listening, it's deals that's currently not with an agent. And no, if if you're a first timer, you're not naturally going to walk into those deals because you don't have the experience. It takes time to find it. But this is all part of it. Do one or two deals or three deals first through an agent. Your profit margins might be less. Um, but then when you, go, when you go through and you've got that experience of how to renovate and everything else, you can start building relationships in the areas or start talking to people if you know mates or friends that are so into houses. One of the biggest things that I learned in flipping a property, um, and I'm happy to share, I always share my, a lot of my secrets, most of my secrets, was the biggest impact was paint, lighting, and new taps, which sounds really weird, but my, my main strategy and flooring, if I had to, but, um, I painted the whole house always, I changed all the lighting 
and I uh, changed all the kitchen and bathroom sort of um, tapware as well because I was normally buying 80s and 90s Kiwi bungalows. So I could bring them to sort of more modern tapware, some nice down lights, a good paint throughout. Um, and if needed, I would update the flooring. But otherwise, I would just give them a heavy, good clean, um, get it staged and get it sold. And that was where my space special specialized in what I would call a light uh, reno. I was sort of 10 grand, 10 grand, 12 grand was my sort of cost point that I would go into houses. Um, but because I had such a low cost point and I, and I knew I could do it quite quickly, I didn't have to look for a house that I had to spend $40,000 on and then make that sort of stuff. So I could look at sort of the smaller span as we talk about a 50 grand spread. I could more, from my experience, look at a 35, 40 grand spread. So I could have more opportunities. But my rules and Tom's rules might be different to yourself. So that's why each person will have this, you know, their set sort of rules um, that they follow and it goes through from there. 100%. 100%. Um, I think one thing that's interesting was just like a dishwasher. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of, a lot of my, my um, buyers yep. in the market that I'm, I, I was when I started mm-hmm. focused on with that first home buyer and the property investor market. Yep. Um, and, and, and people just are busy in a big city mm-hmm. and they, they need to have a dishwasher. Yep. You know, um, and so I'm always looking, where can I rip out um, that cupboard there and, yep. and, you know, bang in a dishwasher and that one, what's that going to cost me? Mm-hmm. You know, um, where can I get a decent dishwasher from the, the people that looks good, that fits the, you know, fits everything. And you'll, you'll be surprised the number of people walk in saying, good, it's got a dishwasher. Yep. You know, oh, it doesn't have a dishwasher. Like it's a little thing, but heck, yep. it, it makes a difference because somebody's going to pay for that. Right. Uh, it totally does. And then it, that comes back to, you know, you're talking about earlier about understanding what people are saying in that market. So not talking about like the Auckland market. If you're in a suburb, understand what people want in that suburb specifically. That's yeah. the real estate agents. That's other people that live that you might know and going, what's important in this area? Oh, it's, it's, really, it's, it's really business. It's really busy business people that don't have time. They want dishwashers. You know, so, and, and you might say, well, how's that going to change things? Tom knows that. I know that. And that definitely makes a difference. I've put in those small things in that people actually want. And it's just, and it's just learning that um, and to put those in there. But then it's always trying to, hey, you find... know, sorry, Tom, go. No, sorry. I was just going to say, um, and, and the, in the rural areas, the equivalent of a dishwasher is a garage. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you know, um, you go to, <laughs> you go to Invercargill and there's no garage and you know, you're not going to sell it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> You've got to give them a garage. So it's, yeah. it's, 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 you're right. It's, I'm agreeing with what you're saying in terms of you've got to put in what those people in that garage want. And the mm-hmm. one person with that information is that guy standing at the door, opening the door, um, you know, getting people signed in and signed out. It's the real estate agent, yeah. a guy or girl. Those two, th- their job is to help you give you information because you're probably going to list for them mm-hmm. to sell your flip, right? Yep, correct. In a, and another thing that um, people sometimes they're unsure about the risk or so forth is they go, well, I'm not a, I'm not a plumber. I'm not a painter. I don't know how to fix cabinets or I don't know how to change everything. How am I supposed to fl- flip this stuff? And people are so scared in, in this space to go, well, hold on. There's professionals that done it. You contact the painter and he paints your house or you contact the plumber if need be. But if that is your story, you make sure that is part of your calculations. Because yes, 
if I yeah. can do everything myself on a flip, and I'm Tom, I'm sure you've done that yourself. I'm sure you've painted enough rooms and ceilings and walls, and I'm sure you've scrubbed enough bathrooms like I have in the beginning of my flipping industry of flipping houses. Uh, but after a while, you don't want to be keep doing that because you want to be able to give it to someone else to do it, um, and you just add that into your calculations. Big time, big time. Um, when, when I started, look, you'll, you'll get people in, uh, and there's certain things you'll learn slowly over time. Look, I mean, good, you know, good old Bunnings, you know, this part of the world. Bunnings essentially will teach you how to do everything that you need. Just go and speak to the paint person. Go and speak to, you know, the flooring lady. Go and speak to the decking people. Go, you know, the, the two things that I don't touch are plumbing and electrical. That, that you know, that's, I have no time. I'm not going to go to take that risk because I know that the cost of the other side, if I mess it up, yep. is way above you know the value that it's going to present to me. So I, I just choose not to touch plumbing and electrical. Um, some people are happy to do it. I just I just don't bother. So Bunnings, uh, Mitre Ten, mm -hmm. you know any hardware store, their job is to educate you on how to use their products. So go in there and and listen to what they've got to say. And, and the worst, you know, worst comes to worst. If you mess up the paint job, you can get the painter to come in and fix it and you'll mm -hmm. do it in a couple hours. Yep. You, you know, so the, the, the risk is, is in not doing it. The risk is in being afraid of those things mm -hmm. and, and missing out on your 50,000, 20,000, $10,000 payday in, in 90 days over and above whatever else it is that you do with your life. You know, that's the risk. Yep. It's a great, it's a great little um, comment you said. Over and above what you do the rest of your life, you know. So with Tom, this is a business for him, but it doesn't mean in the beginning with flipping properties that it has to be a full time um, business that entails. Look, by all means, if you go all fully into flip properties as your full time career, yes, you can do that. But also, you don't have to do that in that sense. You can still have a nine to five and flip properties because you can outsource majority of the work mm. other than finding the deal that we spoke about. Finding the deal, negotiating that, getting under contract, sorting out, buying the house. That's, that's what you've got to do. Um, and after that, you're literally just managing people to do all the work and make sure they do it in a timely manner. And then it's um, giving it to an agent to sell. So you can do nine to five or whatever your day job is, as I call your day and your night job and still flip properties as well. Too right. Too right. Um, I've got, you know, it obviously having the time helps. And, and, and the idea is that you're, you're going to be looking to progress. Most people that I've talked to a few of my students are like, look, I'm looking to progress into full time. Yep. Um, I want to do, I want to be a full time property investor, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and then if I'm going to teach or whatever, I want to do that casually because I don't have to do that. Yep. So, you know, when, when you start off, of course, if you're starting a new business, you're going to want to keep your day job or your night job, mm -hmm. keep doing that, spend the time finding the deal. And then yes, you know, outsource all the work or turn up in the evenings and paint. You know, you can do the lawns yourself. You know, I'm, I'm always staying on top of the lawns. It's good workout, you know, during that selling period. I'm on the lawns. It takes four weeks to sell a property. Well, I'm there every once or twice a, a month, mm -hmm. you know, smashing back the lawns using the weed eater, you know, and, and pulling out the weeds and spraying the place. It's good. Keeps me yep. fit. So, um, you know, the, I know there's yet again on the other side, I know a lot of professional flippers who hire other people to do every single thing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yep. so you've got both sides. It's, yep. it's completely up to you. 
Totally. I want to ask one more thing. I'd be interested to see your, what your thoughts on this, because I know my what my thoughts were on my page. So, gone in, got in house, renovated whatever's needed to do on that one. Um, go, go to sell it. Do you stage the house or don't you stage the house? Um, the last time that I did not stage a house was ages ago and it didn't go very well. So I, I literally, and then this last one, I was up to, it was like the last week of, of everything's done and it took eight weeks. It was a huge reno, you know? Mm-hmm. How are you going to go and do all this work and yeah. then not put, you know, the bow on, on, on the gift? Like it just doesn't make any yeah. sense not to stage the property, right? Pretty much, yeah. I, I originally, in the beginning, I think my first couple I didn't. So when we talk about staging, it means when you've got a blanket house that you've cleaned, staging is when you get a company to come in and actually fill the house as if someone lives in the house. So they put beds in and they put um, tables in and they make it look like it's actually uh, uh, someone's living in the house. So it gives that perception of when uh, a potential buyer walks in and goes, oh, good, look, there's the lounge, I can fit my lounge. So it gives them that psychology of, hey, we can fit all our spaces in. But one thing, one thing you'll learn really quickly is stages. Staging always looks great because they never take up storage. They never think about storage. So, so no stages put in the cabinets that you need to store most of the clutter that New Zealanders have, including myself. So they don't put that in. So when you walk into a bedroom, you go, oh my goodness, the bedroom's great. It's just the bed and bedside tables. But then you've got all your other stuff that a real person would have in it. But going back to it, the first few we did, we didn't do staging. And then, um, and then a friend of mine, or my, no, sorry, my business partner was talking to me at that stage and going, hey, why don't we stage this house? And we're like, oh, and we looked at the price and we're like, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's and you know, Auckland, right? So it's some, some stages can be anywhere from $1,500 to five grand, depending on how big the house is and what all you need, right? So it's a yeah. big chunk of money. We we're like, oh, we're not too sure. And we said, no, let's try it on this one. So we staged the house. We came back and we went, shit, that yeah. looks amazing. The yeah. photos came out amazing, everything. And yeah. funny enough is, yep, yeah, that property had no issue in selling. And afterwards, it was like, cool, our business, our business plan had staging, was automatic. Staging was like almost first. We make sure that every money we make, we cover in staging because that made the dress, that made the massive difference. And a little hidden secret to anyone that's thinking about it, staging also hides stuff. So if your <laughs> carpet, Tom knows this, so if your if your carpet's not perfect, that couch that's staging, that bed that's staging, that painting on the wall that's there, uh, the look it's pretty over here sort of magic, staging sometimes helps when you haven't been able to perfect everything you're trying to renovate in the house. So just think about that when you get a bit tight at the end of going, oh shit, I'm not going to change the whole carpets, but they might see the spot. Staging will help with that. <laughs> <laughs> I could see. Uh, hey, Tom, you, I'm sure you've gone down that journey, mate. No, I've, I, I have been probably just by accident because the stages are so good at what they do, and they cover stuff for you, right? You know, um, and so tra- I, that is I probably. Uh, it's a politically correct auntie. They want to go, yep, I've covered up a spot. He's gone the stage. He said the stages did it. So Yeah, the stage the stager does it all for you, and that's why I pay them. And hey, you know what? A good stager is is also got a passion for interior design, right? Mm-hmm. So um and, and they will they will flow the the you know, when they're doing it, they're thinking of how are people gonna walk into this house? Yep. You know, and, and what's the flow, what's the person flow as they go through? Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, you, you, I don't think you could put 
a return dollar value on staging. Um, I remember in my journey when I started Googling it, I found articles in the US, London, mm-hmm. um, all over the world, just on the value of staging. And, you know, statistically speaking, you know, they're saying that it's, it, it sells for more money. Your property sells for more money because people can see themselves and how they could or would want to live, you know, living the dream. Because the, their furniture doesn't look like that, does it? You know, they, they don't have. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we all, anyone that's gone into an open home, a proper open home that's been staged, anyone that's gone into a, a property, a property apartment, townhouse, whatever unit you're looking at, one bed I don't care, and gone in there and looked at it and went, oh my goodness, I'll, I'll take it just like it is if I could. I would live in it as it is. That's that psychology that we're talking about there because you look at it and go, oh, it's a nice cabinet and the TV and yeah. um, everything else. And the funny thing, so I'll just tell you if you didn't realize, I've staged houses where the bed in the staging wasn't a bed. It was cardboard boxes and yeah. it had a sheet over the top and it had pillows on there. So if anyone sat on that bed, let's just <laughs> say it would have been an interesting situation. Yeah. Um, it was a company we used and for some reason, we didn't use them long. So don't get me wrong. We didn't use them long. Um, we came in there and real, uh, we walked in the room and went, oh my goodness, the staging looks amazing. And only, I think, on the second weekend did we actually pull up the the, the, bed, the blanket and went, why is there not a bed under here? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why is there cardboard boxes for my bed? Yeah. And they're yeah. like, well, we ran out of beds, and so we're using cardboard boxes. But it looked yeah. the part. It looks the part. Look, it's, it's all, it's, you know, you're not expecting them realistically to do like a, you know, 100% realistic job. <laughs> Hopefully your couches were legit. Yeah, um, yeah my couches were legit. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but like the bedding, you know, I've had, I've had one, I had a kid um, jump on one of those ones and it yeah. was, look, cardboard boxes on, cardboard on boxes is better than the air mattress because the air mattress deflates over time. It looks worse <laughs> and worse and it, it starts to look like a crinkling, dying thing, you know, and it's like, oh, <laughs> just hurry up and sell, you know, you're like, yeah. get, get this thing done so I can get rid of the staging and move on. No, yeah. that's true. But uh, before we end it off today, Tom, is there anything to the, our listeners at the moment uh, you would love to love to leave them with? Any little another nugget or insight? And then finally, how can anyone find you that's interested to learn more about what you do or just to reach out to you as well about property flipping or property investment as, as, as it covers as well? I guess um, flipping houses changed my life. I think that's, you know, let's, let's be honest here, right? I didn't come from money. um, You know, I didn't come to New Zealand with any money realistically Mm -hmm. at all. So, you know, flipping houses, it it showed me a way that I could be my own boss, Mm -hmm. um, determine how much money I'd like to earn in a year and then go out and gun for it and try and get that done. Mm -hmm. So most people who speak to me about wanting to flip houses, it's because they're wanting to, there's something in their life that they want to change. And what I saw and, and, and what I've realized is it's the vehicle through which that I've been able to and other people can do that. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that once you flip 10, 15 houses, then the natural progression is to start developing property. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about developing property, you don't have to build, you know, 80 story skyscrapers, you know, de- developing a property in Australia, they call it a splitter. You know, you've got a house at the front with some land at the back and it's positioned nicely and you can put a driveway down the side Mm -hmm. and chop off that block or put something on the back and and double the value of the site. You know, um, 
the, the opportunity in, in property and in flipping houses is completely endless. Yeah. But it's, it's crucial to get it right, you know? And if you can get it right, um, it'll change your life. It's changed my life. It set me up for my future, which is, you know, really bright and looking mm -hmm. amazing. Um, and, and on my Instagram at Tom Fay underscore, or just Tom Fay, put that into Google, put that into YouTube, um, Facebook, I've got my Facebook page, but Instagram is probably where I, I put most of the content of what's mm -hmm. going on in my day to day. So I've, I, I put a lot of stories out every single day, um, updating people on, Hey, look, this is what I'm doing. This is where I'm at. Yep. Um, this is my current project. We're doing an open home. It's sold. Um, you know, and this is the next one. Um, and, and, and so, you know, hit me up on Instagram, um, free, feel free to send me a message. If you'd just like to go to my website, go to tomfade.com. Uh, there's heaps of info there and you can, you know, read up on what I've been up to and where I'm going and then what my plans are. That's awesome, Tom. And, uh, thanks so much. Yeah. And, you know, I love it. that, and it's great that it's taken you down the life path you're going through and it's allowed you to have, uh, what we call most financial freedom what you're trying to achieve and it's not from you know with this opportunity it's not from hey like you said it's not like oh, hey i come from i came from money and now uh, i've made money and that's good it's it's come from the opportunity looking for those opportunities and i don't want anyone that's watching it at the moment shout me going how am i supposed to buy a million you know i think the average house in auckland's 1.2 million yeah there's also the rest of the country where the average house price out there could be like two hundred thousand dollars so don't always think that you've got to look inside this box to find that opportunity. The mm. opportunity exists throughout the entire country. And it's, I'll leave you with that. Think of it as the opportunity to find it outside the rest of the country where the numbers work. And all you got to do is get the contract, get the deal, like we said, good deal. And you can phone and manage people from wherever we, wherever we live in New Zealand to do the work for you. And you go on and sell it. And hopefully, as always, try to make a profit for yourself, your family, or whatever you're trying to uh, achieve. But uh, at the end, Tom, thank you so much for coming on the show and, and having a bit of a chat about your, your flipping path and what you're doing and leaving some nuggets uh, for everyone that's listening at the moment. Uh, it's great to, um, to have you on the show. Awesome. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's been great. I love talking about property. I love talking about flipping houses, you know, so anytime, mate, let's do it again. Uh, sounds amazing. And as always to everyone else, make sure out there, um, while we're recording this, we've just got into lockdown four in Auckland, New Zealand. Um, stay safe. Uh, think about people. Think about what you're doing. Um, it sucks. Yes, we all, it sucks for everyone. But if we don't take it realistically, if we don't try and do something, what we should be doing, it's going to suck for a long time. And uh, to put it bluntly, don't be that dick, right? So let's all think about each other. Let's all help each other. But at the end of the day, be safe, be beautiful. Until next time, see ya.